This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. The Department of Justice and Correctional Services has moved to clarify what they say is a misinterpretation uh, of the um, judgment by the Malawi High Court on its application to extradite Shepard Bushiri to stand trial and his wife, Mary, by the way, to stand trial in South Africa. The department says no witnesses will have to go to Malawi to testify, but rather the court has asked the st- uh, state and law enforcement officials to testify in the extradition hearing on a set list of questions in relation to the hearings. This week, uh, uh, Pastor Bushiri, as he was known uh, here, uh, successfully appealed um, a previously longer court uh, ruling that uh, permitted virtual testimony where there are satisfactory grounds with the high court ordering that South African witnesses should appear in court in person. Let's find out, get more clarity here. I've got the spokesperson for the Department of Justice and Corrections, uh, Correctional Services, Crispin Piri. Good morning. Good morning, TT. Good morning to our Power FM listeners. All right, let's just understand this because I'm trying to understand the difference between the clarification you've given and uh, what um, you say is a misinterpretation of um, the, the judgment. So if you picked up a publication or a newspaper or watched uh, any broadcast, I think, yesterday and, and immediately when the news came out, you mm. would have thought that um, witnesses who are involved in the trial here in South Africa are required to go and testify in Malawi. In fact, mm-hmm. in one of our interviews, TT, this was one of the points that you raised so pointedly. And the High Court in Malawi has actually clarified who are the witnesses they are referring to. Mm-hmm. And they've gone on to then issue a judgment which explains that the witnesses that they are referring to are agents of the state or representatives or people with knowledge um, of the actual investigation. So they say these are people who will be able to tender duly authenticated evidence. Mm. And you would imagine that um, someone who is a witness in a normal trial would not be able to tender authenticated evidence themselves mm, because they are, tes- they are testifying. Mm. But importantly, the judgment actually says uh, in its own words, and I, that's why one of the things we say in the statement is that the judgment actually speaks for itself. It says an, extradici- an extradition hearing is not a trial. It's mm. simply a hearing to determine whether there is sufficient evidence of an alleged extradition crime to warrant the government under its treaty obligations to surrender a fugitive to a foreign country for trial by authorities there for an offense committed within its jurisdiction. Then they also say this, TT. Thus, the judge at an extradition hearing has no jurisdiction to deal with defenses that could be raised at a trial, Mm. unless, of course, the act or the treaty or or otherwise provides so. And then they actually go on further to explain what they, the type of questions these witnesses would have to answer. And they say Section 6 of the Act requires this type of witness who is from a state institution normally to answer whether the offense which the fugitive is accused of uh, is is a is of a political character mm. whether the request for his surrender or her surrender is made for purposes of prosecuting or punishing him on account of his race religion or nationality mm. then lastly they say um, if this person is surrendered will they be prejudiced or or punished or detained Mm. or restricted in their personal liberty 
by reason of race, religion, nationality, or political opinion. So those are the listed questions that these individuals would have to speak to right. when coming to an so, extradition hearing. And it's common practice in international law that normally an extradition request would have to meet these type of, of, of uh, questions. And, uh, okay, which is fair enough uh, that these questions would, it makes perfect sense that these are the sort of questions that need to, would need to be um, responded to. Um, however, I, I think maybe what raised eyebrows was the idea that, uh, it has to be done in person. Is that also um, commonplace? In, normally, actually, um, we would even send, in some, in some cases, we would send officials over to clarify mm. um, the director of public, public prosecutions in that country that these are not the issues at play. Um, but it's not, it's not perhaps out of kilter completely to require mm. um, individuals to come in and verify this in a court of law before a judge themselves. I think okay. various jurisdictions handle, handle that type of approach differently. So the main thing that the main point to get across here is that witness, we are not going to be running this trial in Malawi. Absolutely yeah, not. like that Bushiri is not going to be tried in a Malawian court on charges that, uh, of crimes committed in South Africa. No, that's not the case at all. He will be. He has to be tried in the South African court, and I mean the court also goes as far as saying that insofar as witnesses, actual witnesses uh, arise, them being protected in a foreign court doesn't arise because they are not re- not required to be at that court at all. Mm. So if we were to have a situation where um, an individual, like the situation you have described, where this individual is being tried in a foreign court for South African crimes. Firstly, a jurisdiction issue arises, but it's exactly what goes against what this judgment says, because they say this is not a trial within a trial. It's simply a hearing limited to very specific issues as to whether there is a credible case for this individual to answer in a foreign jurisdiction. Okay. Um, now, uh, are you confident that this will be the final hurdle? I mean, would that be an accurate uh characterization of what uh, where the process is right now that once this um questions have been responded to and then the required witnesses that are to appear there in the malawian courts have done that part is this to be the final hurdle then in this uh, extradition process i think it's a bit difficult to look into the crystal ball uh like we often say in extradition matters these issues are protracted, so parties who are required in another state often raise all manner of issues, and that's been our experience mm. in the South African context when we are required to extradite people to other jurisdictions, and vice versa when we require mm. foreign nationals to come and face um, the law in this country. Yeah. Uh, all Look, manner m- of issues get raised. So yeah. more than more than really ask, the road. Yeah, more than asking you to do to engage in crystal ga- ball gazing. I think what I'm trying to ask is in terms of the legal process in Malawi, is there another avenue open, for example, to the Bushiris um, to challenge their extradition if the court were to rule, for example, in favor of uh, granting the extradition to South Africa? It's precisely my point, Titi, Mm. that the people always exercise their legal rights as they deem fit. And normally these matters end up right at the highest court in the, in the land. So mm. in South Africa, some of these matters end up right at the constitutional court. And it wouldn't be surprising, Titi, if this matter ends up at the constitutional court in Malawi. But we hope that um, we would not get there mm. um, once the magistrate has ruled 
um, in either way, we would be able to assess what the merits of that ruling are. Sometimes it may be us who would request the Malawian authorities to, to appeal a particular aspect, as we had done in this instance. You would mm. recall that the chief magistrate had ruled that witnesses are required physically, and it was not clear what type of witnesses these are. The okay. High Court um, agreed with them, but then they didn't agree on certain aspects. And so it's been a back and forth. But now we know that the, these are relevant witnesses who have intimate knowledge of the case. So um, the, yeah. There may be another aspect that may have to be clarified as the extradition process goes on. So the wait for Papa continues. It's uh, going to be a, a, a protracted process, we believe. Crispin Piri, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you. He speaks on behalf of the Department of Justice and Correctional Services. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.